Please stand by like a boss. Live from Smitty1.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Take a lap. What is going on, good people? You're watching the Fantasy Football Show, and I'm your man, Smitty, and we're breaking down NFL news, fantasy football, you name it. Let's go hit the like button, smash it, uh, tippy-tap it. However you you tap or smash or punch your like button, do so, please, and subscribe if you're new. Pitch your tent, if you will, if you're just finding us, because we do not slow down. But, Smitty, it's the off-season. There's no off-season. Calm down, Bob. Calm down in the background, Bob. There's no off-season. And to that note, we're talking a little bit about Debo Samuel right now. Little, little Debo Samuel. And Debo is 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 playing a little hardball right now. You know, always with the cryptic tweets. Um, he's scrubbing social media, kind of like Kyler Murray, using the Kyler Murray approach and, and saying, hey, you know what? I'm stepping away from this situation because I'm not happy with the way negotiations are going. And if anybody says... Smitty, Smitty, no, 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 Smitty, this is all about negotiation tactics, Smitty, scrubbing social media is how you negotiate, maybe it is when things go badly, but this is not a recipe to use when you're at the table negotiating a healthy contract negotiation, this is when things go awry, and, and Kyler Murray only resorted, if you noticed, to childish behavior, and I'm, I'm not trying to like rip Debo and say he's being a child necessarily. I don't think it's the best way to go. The what, he, what he's doing, I don't think it makes him look that good. But but if you know, and, and like my boy RSF 49ers, Doctor Raj said on our quad box show, like if we're gonna be unfair to Kyler or or talk about Kyler's holdout, we got to talk about uh, or the way he scrubbed his social media. We got to talk about how scrubbing social media for Debo also doesn't look good. So it's like similar. You know, you can't you can't talk about one in a negative light and not the other uh it's it's crazy it's crazy um let me see a lot of people are saying the weird weird news but i'm going to go ahead and keep refreshing make sure you don't break fake news in my in my uh in my live stream or you get you get booted so i'll let you take that back brian or whatever you're trying to say um okay so what we need to discuss here today is is a debo trade even likely is there a possibility that Debo could be on the move is there a possibility that Debo is going to take this the distance and hold out um Debo see what's happening the salaries now he wants in uh Debo to Dallas says James not, not gonna happen Debo is afraid of getting paid like a running back uh, partially and I'll, I'll discuss that in a minute Debo you want to go to the Jets that's that's definitely a possibility um, I'll talk about that in a second. Michael, the the uh, the standing accountant, the uh, uh, the Bob from accounting, the, the closest thing we actually have to a Bob from accounting on the show right here in front of us is telling us that he, the 49ers offense offseason program, opens next Tuesday, April 19th. Samuel can hold out till mid-June. This is what I'm going to tell you, okay? Here's what I'm telling you, okay? Listen to me clearly. Listen to me clearly. I predict, and I could be wrong. Your boy Smitty isn't always right. I predict Debo Samuel officially requests a trade within the week or a little bit before a week's end. 
I think Debo Samuel is trying to play hardball and navigate these waters with a little bit of control. Uh, apparently, there's a report that the, the Niners would be open to really any trade offer for Debo if the right offer came along. Now, thus controlling the narrative where I think Debo is going to throw his sale up and formally request a trade. This may or may not happen. Maybe Debo is more uh, uh, calculated than that. But I think based on the pattern of what Debo's been doing, this is the logical in his mind. I don't think it's that logical. Logical next step is to say, okay, here's what I want. Here's what I want. You're not going to give it to me. I'm going to step away. I'm going to scrub my social media. I'm going to make some noise. I'm going to bang some pots and pans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a scene. And nothing happens. He doesn't hear anything. Niners are sitting on their hands like they have with the, the Jimmy G situation. And so Debo's got a next step to take. Debo Samuel is in pre-holdout mode. I don't think people understand that he's not close to coming to the negotiating table or coming to the middle of the ne- negotiating table. And I don't think people understand that the 49ers are so far apart in a way from the negotiating table or the middle of the negotiating table, people think that this is like, oh, this will get resolved. This will get resolved. This will be fine. This will blow over. This will, they'll all come to an agreement. This is all part of the, this is right here constantly. It's all part of the plan, Smitty. This is negotiation 101. No, it's not. This is negotiation when it breaks down. What we're looking at is an unhealthy negotiation that broke down. Negotiation like that's that one negotiation 101 is here's what I want, here's what I want. Well, how can we meet in the middle? Okay, we're getting somewhere. Okay, we'll come back tomorrow. Okay, okay, hey, what do you want? This is what I want. This is what I want. We're at a stalemate, we're stuck on a couple numbers, we're trying to figure it out. In the middle of a healthy negotiation, you don't scrub your social media account, you don't write, like in Kyler's case, a almost like ransom letter to the team saying you pay me if you want to see championships if you want championships pay kyler murray pay my client is what his agent wrote that's unhealthy trade negotiations that is a breakdown in the process to where both sides are trying to get the other one to react and to get them back to the table debo and the Niners aren't close. They're very far apart. And let me tell you something. The moment Cooper Cup signs, it's game over for an extension for Debo because the Niners aren't going to head in that direction. If the Niners were willing to, to pay more than they wanted to, if the Niners were even close to paying what Diggs' value is, $70 million guaranteed, $103 million, whatever it is, they would have already paid this man. Knowing that contracts are going to only hike and go up more. Knowing that the moment A.J. Brown or D.K. gets traded and signed, or A.J. Brown gets traded and signed, or if A.J. Brown stays and gets extended, the moment Cooper Cup gets his extension, it's going to be even higher than Diggs' deal, or equal to Diggs, cementing, further cementing in Debo's mind, I must get $70 million guaranteed. I can't watch another wide receiver sign and get $70 million guaranteed. There's no way I'm signing his, his Debo's mentality. But let me tell you something. There's two sides to this coin. Yeah, that's going to be his mentality. That will be his mentality. That is one one approach for sure where that's Debo's going to take this type of stance, right? The only thing is you can't hold out in today's NFL. 
Not anymore. You can threaten holdout. You can pretend to hold out. You can take it to the the 11th hour. But in today's NFL, you are fined a mandatory fine per day. Forty, let's say it's forty thousand per day, times the seven days. You're talking about a guy in Debo Samuel that has a contract, okay? That has a contract that's going to get him four million. Let's say that's what his deal is roughly going to get him this year. Uh, set forty thousand a day. You're talking about. Uh, let's see here, 40,000 times, I don't know if they do it times seven or times five. I think it's just times five, the five days, $200,000 a week, $200,000 a week. The Debo Samuel will be fined, unrefundable, not waived, not given back to him. If you remember back in like the deep, uh, the the Zeke Elliott holdout days, when Zeke Elliott would hold out and like you would accrue fines, one wasn't real. It was like a salary cap. A fine for holding out wasn't real. You you got it waived by the team. You never ever like here it is. Ready? I'm Zeke Elliott. Back in the day, I'm holding out. I'm not signing an, an, a, a deal unless you give me X number of dollars. I'm holding out. Fine. That's okay. Another fine. That's okay. Fine. Okay, here comes Zeke Elliott. Back to the negotiating table. Okay, I think I'm going to sign. I'm ready to sign. Uh, but I'm only signing unless you waive those fees. Oh, no problem. We're waiving those fees. Get back in here. Sign this dotted line. And let's roll. The fees were fake. The fees were fake. We're, 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 we're waiving them. That was the old way of, of holding out. Now, the league has made it virtually impossible for a player to hold out. Because one, Debo's got to accrue his year to not be in the same spot next year. I've heard people say, Smitty, he'll just hold out and go to a new team next year. No, that's not how it works, Bob. It's not how it works. If you have one year left on your contract, Bob, and you hold out and don't accrue your year, Bob, next year, guess what? You're frozen in time. You're in the same spot. (laughs) You're in the same exact spot. You still owe the contract a year. And the franchise tag will be the next year. Debo has one year left on his deal. He has to return. He will return. If you're the Niners, think about it from just a business perspective, not what's right or wrong. From a business perspective, Debo Samuel is, he's got no leverage other than they can make a stink, put up a fight, not build rapport with Trey Lance, and make them say, is it better to just trade him? But this is an organization that isn't easily strong-armed. And John Lynch isn't going to just be... He, this guy sat on his hands with Jimmy G and still does sit on his hands with, with Jimmy G. Does anybody believe John Lynch, out of all people, and Kyle Shanahan are going to start walking fast because Debo says, scrubbing social media, going out to the clubs at night, I'm going to I'm gonna drop cryptic tweets. It's not going to evoke anything. Any reaction or any speed or, or any strong-arming kind of like scared, you know, mentality out of John and Kyle. They're, they don't care. They're, they're very slow moving. So Debo Samuel can't hold out because Debo Samuel will 100% return because he can't afford the fines of $200,000 per week. Imagine if you sat there and you, two, four, six, eight, one million, five weeks, one out of his four million. I think he's making three point nine million, whatever it is, four point zero. Literally five weeks of holding out. 
There's a million. A million dollars of his four gone. Just gone. You can't hold out. He won't hold out. He'll only posture to hold out, which will be an annoyance. But if you think he's holding out past even five weeks, you are out of your mind because he won't get that money back. And it's a million dollars to hold out for five weeks. I'm not too concerned about the holdout. He will threaten it. But mark my words, within a week, within a week or so, Debo Samuel, his next move is to officially request a trade. He's going to officially request a trade. The Niners made a move by saying publicly or whatever. Let me bring up uh, my boy Raj's his post, and I'll, I'll read his post. But uh, it, it's, uh, let's see if, if he's got it up. Where Where is that? Let me find that post. It, there's a post out there, Debo Samuel, and the, are the Niners looking at potentially if, a, if an offer is, let me see if I can get it. So I don't word for word it. So I can word for word it and not give you wrong information. Um, and we even have to we even have to get confirmation on some of that. That's why a lot of these legit sources aren't necessarily reporting it yet. Um, Niners, let's see what this. Let's see this Niner Niner fan wants to say or Niner page. Debo will get extended. We go through this cycle almost every year. Fred the Kittle. Here's the problem though. Okay, Niners detail. It's not as simple as that. Oh, we this is how we do it. We'll, we go through this every year. The the context and situation isn't what these are with 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 Kittle or Fred or whatever. You're talking about a team that didn't want to pay Debo Samuel when he was reasonably priced, bro. Like let's say he was asking for $54 million guaranteed. They said no. The price went up. Do you really believe John, and this is different, this is a different situation. Do you really believe John and Kyle are going to go, ah, now it's $75 million guaranteed. Cooper Cup signs, ah, it's $80 million guaranteed. Will A.J. Brown sign? A.J. Brown signs, $81 million guaranteed. Okay, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it, let's sign him. You think that's really how it's going to go? Because that's what Debo wants. Now, they can come in and say, Debo, this is what I think will, will ultimately happen. I'm not saying it won't play out this way. You're, you're not you're not you're not teaching me or schooling me here, Niner Detail. If he ends up signing, but we're at a we're at an impact we're at an impasse we're at a point where Debo literally is to the point where he's causing unrest because he wants 70 million plus guaranteed. The Niners should have paid him. Niners botched this from the beginning. They botched it just like they botched the the Jimmy G situation and are continuing to botch it. Completely the Niners' fault. They should have paid him at $55 million when he was reasonably priced. And that will be a joke a year from now when you're like, you really didn't want to sign Debo Samuel to a four-year deal worth $54 million guaranteed? Are you out of your minds? In a year when the contract, when, when the, the cap goes up, it's going to be absolutely madness to look back on this moment. And now his, his value is $70 million, especially if two or one more receiver cup A.J. Brown sign. So Debo currently, Niner Detail, currently it's going to be a lot of unrest and a bumpy road because they are this far apart. They are a mile apart. They are a mile apart. Debo's just getting started on his patient game. And the Niners are in the middle of their twiddling their thumbs, sitting on their hand game, 
and it's absolutely going to be a long, lengthy process. I don't think Debo will come close enough to the middle to beat the Niners because the Niners are not going to the other side of this thing. They're not going to reach across and go, yeah, give me, give you $70 million. We We totally were just seeing what would happen. <laughs> we were just waiting. We didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. We just like sat there and we thought, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong, Niner Detail, because what could probably happen, though, is that at the end of the day, Debo's going to be offered one more contract offer, and then he has the option of of actually hold, holding out or coming back and getting his $4 million. So Debo will be put, his feet put to the fire, he'll be tested and thrown a final offer in the, in the 11th hour. Then I believe he does come back because Niner detail. If the Niners say we did botch it a little bit, let's give him what he was asking originally and what we didn't necessarily want to pay 55 million guaranteed for, let's say, uh, three years and then a fourth year out, whatever the case may be. If it's 19 million for three years guaranteed or something like that, like that, that would be below 70, but let's say, let's call it like 50, let's call it like. 59, 58 million guaranteed, 19, like what, what, what would the exact number be on that? We'll say 19, 19 mil, let, let's say times, let's do times three, three year guaranteed 57 million. Okay, let's say Debo was asking for 56 million before, now he wants 70 to 75. If the Niners come to him and say 57 million, three years guaranteed, fourth year option, whatever the case may be, that's what we'll give you. Debo will have to accept that. But the question, Niner Detail, the, the where I think you're wrong in the attitude of this always happens, this will be, it'll be solved, is we have unrest. We have a player causing waves. We have a team that doesn't like that. And that if they get the right offer and turn into a werewolf on draft night, which is the only time that John and Kyle start moving, instead of dragging their feet real slowly, they turn into werewolves at midnight, and they go into the NFL draft that day like 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 wild and crazy traders. And they'll trade. They'll trade. They'll trade a lot on draft day. There could be a possibility where Debo forces this trade. So it's not just like, oh, it'll work out. It'll work out. It very may well work out if no trade is made. And it's got to be made before or on draft day because draft capital is the only thing that's going to look attractive to a team like the Niners that want now pieces they can't wait till the draft capital is spent and used and gone and now if you trade you're getting 2023 draft capital they want the draft capital now to use in this draft and that's where the jets come in that's where a few teams come into the equation and that number 10 overall is going to look pretty attractive to the san francisco 49ers because they can get a guy like stingley um i highly doubt that a guy like uh, like Sauce Gardner falls, but you're getting a high caliber top ten overall player. Give me a top ten pick in Debo uh, for Debo. Give me a second rounder as well. I would ask for the ten and a second for Debo Samuel. I'm not giving the New York Jets the Debo Samuel and letting them keep the four and the ten pick. That's not the way the world works. They're not going to give me a couple thirties and a sixty. I've heard that scenario a couple times because it actually evens out in terms of the the, tra- the draft chart and the trade chart. I don't care about the trade chart. I want a top 10 pick. I'm not giving Debo Samuel up if I'm not getting a top 10 pick from the New York Jets who have a top 10 pick. 
So give me the 10, give me a second. Then what I do is I take that second, uh, uh, smash it against the other second that you already have. The Niners have at 61, I believe, and trade both of them to get back into the, the, the low 30s or into like the 27, 25, 28 overall area into the bottom of the first round. You take a wide receiver. You take Stingley at 10. You take the second rounder you get in conjunction with the fourth and your current second rounder, trade into the 30s or 28 range and draft Christian Watson and draft Olave. Draft a wide receiver that can play Debo's role and throw Stingley in the defense. And guess what? Your team's actually better. Do I want that? No. I'd rather have Debo Samuel sign a deal and be reasonable. I'd rather the, the 49ers be responsible and give the man what he deserves, which is the at least the $55 million that he probably was asking for earlier. The problem is they're so far apart in every, t- every deal that goes through. This thing gets more problematic. The Niners have been sitting on their hands for too long on this, and it's ridiculous. I have a solution. Does anybody want to hear the solution? Because I have a solution for the Debo Samuel situation. And here we go. If you want to solve this problem, this has happened before. I believe it was Marshawn Lynch. My boy Croc told me about, uh, about or I asked him what he had thought. Here's the solution. This is what I came up with. I threw it at Croc on, on, on his Croc Time uh, Niner Talk show. And I said, what do you think about this, Croc? And he reminded me that this did happen with Marshawn Lynch. I said, what What if you right-size Debo Samuel this year? Why not cut Jimmy G and get $17.5 million back? And in a sense, you're giving $17.5 million to Debo Samuel and getting him to a, a what? A, 20, a $21.5 million, $21. million salary for 2022. This way, Debo walks into 2022 with a right-sized bonus. And and he gets a deal that makes him feel comfortable playing without a contract for 2022. Now, you can offer him the deal. Say, here are the two options, Debo. You get $19 million a year times three years guaranteed with the fourth option, whatever, for roughly just under $60 million. It's $59 million and some change, whatever. We'll give you a $59 million guaranteed deal for three years, fourth year option, okay? That's that's what we're offering. Or if you don't want to sign that, we'll give you $17.5 million raise. No more extended years or anything. We'll walk into next year. We'll walk into next year with an at with with an added salary cap. We'll be able to give you a big a bigger and stronger offer. And if we can't, we're franchise tagging you. We'll try to trade you. But if we can't, the franchise tag is absolutely phenomenal money. Right now, it might be 27, 28, 29 million by the time Cooper Cup's done signing and AJ Brown's done signing. So Debo Samuel would, in a sense, get 21.5 million in 2022, 21.5 million plus, let's say he gets tagged in his mind in a worst case scenario and not given an extension. That's tw- let's call it 28 million. That is $50 million, $49.5 million Debo would get in two years guaranteed in his mind 
if he ends up, worst case scenario, getting franchise tagged. They give him the $17.5 million, $17. million bonus. They run him out in 2022. He doesn't hold back. He, he builds some, some rapport with Trey early on. There's continuity to the offense. He's not upset. He's getting right size for what he did last year and what you're about to ask him to do. You might say, Smitty, why would you just give him free money? He's under contract. Because you're about to ask this guy to go out there and put everything on his shoulders yet again and play uh, a combination of running back and wide receiver. Yes, probably a little lesser than last year with Trey under center. Yes, but you're asking this guy to go out there and do what other wide receivers aren't doing. So what you're doing is you're offering him two options. You take the 50 Five fifty or $59 million guaranteed deal, which is very reasonable. The Niners, someone should be fired if they're not willing to offer Debo Samuel three years guaranteed at $19 million for a, 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 you know, a 59, you know, whatever that would be. So 59 times three is, uh, is 57, $57 million deal guaranteed three years with a fourth year option. If the Niners are not willing to offer them that amount, they should be fired. Someone should be fired. Someone should be fired. Debo Samuel, here's your offer. $57 million guaranteed, or here's $21.5 million total, adding seventeen point five because we cut Jimmy G, onto your salary as a bonus of not only saying thank you for putting your body on the line and shortening your career for us in 2021, but we're asking you to do it again. If you don't like our offer, go do it again. Here's 21.5 total walking into 2022. If you get tagged, you're making almost $50 million in two years and you get to explore after the franchise tag. That's the that's the resolution. That's the resolution. I, I, I think it's the best way to solve this problem. You, you have two options on the table, Debo and the Niners. Go ahead and figure it out. Run this upstairs to Kyle. Hey, Kyle, there's a YouTube video out here by Bernie Smitty. Smitty Poo. Smitty Poo's got a real good point. You might. I'm going to send you the link, John. I'm sending it up. John, watch the video, and let's get this done, okay? Thanks, pal. One week from today, or a little over, Debo Samuel will request a trade. I firmly believe... We are not heading in a direction at all that is a resolution it, because this isn't the type of thinking that's going on. No one's trying to solve this problem. No one's trying to fix this problem. I've just solved it for him. I've just solved the problem for him. The question is, will John watch? Will John take action? Oh, I forgot. John doesn't have any control whatsoever. So this is all for nothing. <laughs> Debo Samuel... Bumpy Road ahead. He deserves to be paid. I don't know that he has a realistic expectation. He needs to lower that expectation, but he deserves to be paid. And the Niners, if they've got to make a trade, will be okay if they get enough for him, if a team's willing to overpay, and everything will be okay. If you lose a little on offense, you throw Ayuk in the Debo role, you get Olave or Christian Watson if you're smart enough to trade back up into the first round after you get the four, the 10 pick. And after you get a second rounder um, and you get a good wide receiver, you'll be okay. You might take a little dip in offensive production. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Because you're, putting, you're taking Jimmy out, you're putting Trey in. Huge upgrade. You're taking Debo out, downgrade. What's that wash out to? 
a similar kind of offense than it was with Jimmy G and Debo in there? Maybe. So maybe your offense doesn't even change that much. You wash it a little bit. But your defense, if you get Stingley, becomes a top five lock defense. You have a top five offense. You have a top five defense. You're ready to rumble. You're ready to rumble. Defenses win championships. And you got a top five potential offense. Sign me up for that. I'm not saying I want to trade Debo. I'm just saying the option, if exploited properly, would be phenomenal. It wouldn't be a rebuild. It wouldn't be a, oh, this is horrible, getting rid of Debo. You would be happy with the result if you traded Debo Samuel for the number four and a second rounder and you actively trade your second rounders to get Christian Watson because he's not falling to 61. But if you get a second and you got two seconds, move up, move up, move up. Become the become werewolves like you always do on draft day, John. And Kyle, you drag your feet. You wait for this one. You wait for this one day to wake up and stop your sloth mentality of dragging your feet. Hey, John, it's Kyle. Want to talk about Debo Samuel? Sure, Kyle. This is John. Want to first talk about Jimmy G? Yeah. Let's get together and drag our feet. (sighs) Who was first in the building today? Who was first in the building? We got Vamp first in the house. We got Michael, the CPA, walking in here second. Tyreek, what's up? James. Hit the like button, says Tyreek. Matthew, Swaggy, Matt Slater, Kevin. I'm talking like John Lynch. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you. Appreciate all you. We don't talk about Bruno. That's true. Sadly, I know that phrase so well. You have no idea. It's going. It's actually going through my head right now. The whole song, just playing the whole song. Are we lock? Are we locking in Ayuk? I mean, nothing's changing for Ayuk right now. We're, you know, they got enough on our plate to start talking about Ayuk uh, in terms of a deal. Like he, he's he's under contract. We're gonna we're not, we're not giving Ayuk an extension. Uh, no shot, no way he carries that kind of value. Debo Dalton says, "I don't Dalton. I don't know what point you said this, but appreciate you being here regardless." Why you? I think you guys are arguing amongst each other. Okay, so uh, next little piece of news. <sighs> Lamar Jackson, guys. This is a head-scratching situation. Lamar Jackson's representing himself. He doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have an agent. Now, I know someone's going to say LeBron did pretty good without an agent. Smitty, like, don't don't think it's bad. Like, he's saving money. Is he, is he saving money? Is he doing a good job? Is everything that, that, that he's doing a, a, a solid, like, is he, like, this this guy sounds like, Lamar Jackson, sounds like he's not wanting to discuss a contract extension. He would be smart, he's smart in the sense that he waited. Like, had, had Lamar Jackson signed before uh, Deshaun Watson, he would have been kicking himself. So, like, in a sense, you could say, okay, well, Lamar's plan up until now proving to be pretty genius to not do anything. Uh, Watson signs a $230 million guaranteed deal. 
And now, now Lamar Jackson's got the, the world in his hands. <laughs> it's on a silver platter. But he doesn't want to look at a deal. It sounds like, and I've been in a lot of Twitter spaces with Ravens fans, it sounds like Lamar, who doesn't have a con- uh, an agent, he's representing himself, wants to maybe go into next year, play out this year, and then sign a deal. Which is not a wise move whatsoever, because he's a running quarterback that, that missed time last year, only played 12 games, and runs over 155 times a season on the ground, and has had two years in a row where there's been some major disappointment in his play and the team's play. So what on earth are you thinking if you're Lamar Jackson and you literally are are on the fence about even going to the negotiation table, as it says right here? Um, uh, Lamar Jackson's contract situation, uh, this is from uh, head coach John, John Harbaugh, saying he's not ready, you know? And when he's ready, we'll be ready. So they're literally wanting to lock Lamar down. They're eager to do so. And Deshaun Watson just signed a $230 million guaranteed deal. Now, you might be asking me a logical question that I'm going to shoot down and and tear apart and tell you why you're wrong. But you might be asking a logical question like, Smitty, he's smart because if he waits, the value will go up next year. Not so fast, Bob. And let me tell you exactly why. Because the market for quarterbacks has not yet been set. You know what we have sitting in front of us? A potential outlier in Deshaun Watson's contract. It's going to require another contract to double down that thinking. The guaranteed money, the amount, before it becomes a staple. Before it becomes the standard of top quarterback contracts because as of right now, I can tell you that NFL teams do not want Deshaun Watson's deal to be the standard. You have 31 teams, probably 32. I bet you the the, the Browns feel this way even right now. 31 teams that are like, we don't want this deal to be the standard because guess what? Contracts will change from now until the end of time. I don't think people realize that every single contract from now until the end of time in the NFL revolves around Lamar Jackson right now. Because if Lamar Jackson holds strong this offseason, takes advantage of the opportunity that's right in front of his face, he's the only quarterback that's going to command the extension right now. Kyler's not going to get his. Lamar Jackson has total control to... Get 200, let's say he gets 200, not 230, 200 million guaranteed because he says, no, 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 good friend. My boy Deshaun Watson just got $230 million guaranteed. You think I'm signing 154 with 100 mil guaranteed? You're out of your mind. He signed 230 guaranteed. I want that or I'm not signing. If he does that and is successful, Contracts locked in. Confirmation. Two quarterbacks now have gotten over $200 million guaranteed. We will never see contracts the same ever again. Everything, even wide receivers, it'll trickle down. Everything revolves around this contract for Lamar Jackson. If he folds and gets like 150, 110 guaranteed, 
he sets it all back. He resets it. And Deshaun Watson's a, an asterisk, a footnote, a, a funny outlier. And no one, no one's going to get Deshaun Watson's money just because he did because Lamar Jackson reset the market. It all revolves around Lamar. Now, here's the question that I'm about to shoot down that you're going to say, but Smitty, but Smitty, if he waits until next offseason, then he could get more money. The cap's going to increase, Smitty. Use your brain, Smitty. Here's where you're wrong, Bob, Bobby boy, because he could wait, but what if another quarterback like Kyler resets the market? Lamar Jackson's the the reason the market revolves around him is because he's the next quarterback up and he's the closest quarterback at a top five level to be requesting and be requiring and having a team willing to give him the extension to lock him down. And if another quarterback, let's say next offseason or later on this offseason, let's say the Cardinals come back around and offer Kyler Murray garbage and he, he takes it, this power that Lamar Jackson has right here and now is gone. He has total control of quarterback contracts moving forward in his in the palm of his hand right now. And if he passes on the opportunity and waits until next year, just because the cap goes up doesn't mean the next quarterback doesn't reset the market at more realistic expectations instead of accepting this crazy, insane, 200-plus million guaranteed new way of doing contracts. Everything revolves around whether Lamar holds out, not holds out, but holds out from doing a deal now or proceeding with the Ravens who want to give him a deal, if that makes sense. And I don't know what Lamar is thinking. Why Lamar would not want his contract now and he's going to leave it up to another quarterback to maybe take away the opportunity that he has right in front of his face right now. Because if Kyler signs $100 million guaranteed or whatever, and the Cardinals give it to him. They weren't they weren't wanting to give him probably 50 or 60, but let's say the Cardinals fold. They're like, look, let's just do it. We messed up. We're going to bite the bullet. We're going to give Kyler Murray $95 million guaranteed, $140 million contract with incentives, and now there's no protected guaranteed money that's similar to Deshaun Watson's 230 fully guaranteed. Now Lamar can't ask what Lamar was going to ask for. It's completely changed. It's been reset. It's been... It's been set back. Now, Lamar Jackson, he can't ask for the same thing. And Deshaun Watson becomes a footnote. Becomes an asterisk. It's all up. It's all up to Lamar Jackson. And if he takes advantage of this opportunity. Uh, Brees Hall. Who's talking about Brees Hall? I love talking about Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a phenomenal player. I love... here. Oh, here's the question. Uh, Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker? Look, it might be easy to say Brees Hall. And, it, and, it, and right now, he's the guy. Like, if you've got a pick in your, at your 1.1 and you don't know what the landing spots yet, you're drafting tonight, you're going to take Brees Hall. You're going to take Brees Hall because he feels more likely to go to a place like Buffalo to be the first running back taken in Buffalo. I think will draft him or Kenneth Walker. I believe they will take Brees Hall. It seems like Brees Hall's a little bit more highly sought after. Um... Than, than Kenneth right now. It doesn't mean I think Brees Hall's head and shoulders above Kenneth Walker. In fact, I, I see them very equal, and I feel like they're they're literally neck and neck. They One of them has more upside than the other. In one category, um, Brees Hall had a better combine, but not much better. Like, if Brees Hall was not at the combine, Kenneth Walker would have dominated the combine for the running back. So he was really right up there, but Brees Hall was a standout at the combine. 
Um, Kenneth Walker did amazing at the Combine. And then you have Kenneth Walker looking amazing on film, looking better on film to at least me, in my humble opinion. But Brees Hall was so good on film that if Kenneth Walker didn't have film, Brees Hall would be number one on film for running back. So if you get get my drift, they're literally, one's trailing the other barely, and you have Kenneth Walker with the stats. Number one, an elusive rating in college football for running backs. Number one, Kenneth Walker, the number one elusive running back. That is a very important stat that you can't overlook. And he's number one in forced missed tackles. Another stat you can't overlook. Look at Jonathan Taylor. Or, uh, look at uh, well, look at Jonathan Taylor, but look at Javante Williams. Even in college, he was forcing missed tackles and, and breaking tackles. And look what he did in the NFL. Javante, as a rookie, sharing... Half of the role, a halftime player, led the league, even beat out JT in broken tackles. Javante Williams, it's such an amazing stat to use to try and translate talent at the NFL level from the college level. And Kenneth Walker, number one in forced missed tackles, number one in elusive rating, number two in yardage. Kenneth Walker's no joke. Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are equals in my mind. It comes down to landing spot. It comes down to landing spot. As of right now, it feels like more teams are going to view Brees Hall as the number one running back in the draft class, which will open potentially another door that might not open for Kenneth Walker. Do I think both running backs will land in ideal situations? I don't know. I think it's hard-pressed to happen. There are only three, four spots that feel really ideal for running backs. It's absolutely crazy when you think about where the likelihood of a running back, the the, the amount of places that are very uh, plausible and fruitful for a running back. It's Buffalo, you know? It's... Honestly, long-term Cincinnati. And you might say, what did he just say? I'm about to log off. Smitty, you might have lost a follower right now because I'm watching right now and you just said Mixon? Eight question marks? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark? Yeah, I said Mixon because Mixon, although I think he could have a phenomenal year, especially if Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker aren't on the roster. If they are, then it's more of a problem in a cloudy situation. But... This Bengal team has an opportunity to snag Brees Hall and potentially walk out of the 2022 NFL Draft now owning a top 1-3 to three quarterback, a top 1-3 to three wide receiver, and a top 5 potential running back in Brees Hall. Yes, you heard me right. Brees Hall is potentially a top 5 overall NFL running back if in the right situation. If in Buffalo... Give me him at five or six overall for dynasty running backs with ease. I might make him five. I might make him four. Brees Hall in Buffalo could be four or five overall for fantasy football dynasty running backs. At me if you want. I don't care. If Kenneth Walker lands in Buffalo, he could be four or five. Or if Kenneth Walker lands in Cincinnati, he would be four or five potentially for running backs going forward. Again, situation is going to determine which one of Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. We can't just assume it's Brees Hall without any kind of hesitation or equivocation. We do have to have a little bit of a stutter step and say, hey to our, hey to ourselves, where's Kenneth Walker going to go? Maybe we grab both of them because maybe Brees Hall is going around three, which is an absolute joke, and you need to get to your, your local best ball uh, right here, right here, and play Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, go to smitty1.com, click on the Underdog Fantasy banner. It's always in the description below, or you just use code SMITTY when you're checking out. 10-minute free phone call if you do that now. Minimum $10 deposit into a a new Underdog account, and I will give you a 10-minute free phone call and give you access to all of my video 
courses on sleeperu.com. There's going to be over a thousand minutes of, of total uh, goodness on how to trade, how to how to find the right trading partner, how to draft from the 1.1, how to draft from the 1.10, how to draft from the 1.5, how to trade into the first round, how to trade out, how to negotiate trades best, how to use order of questioning to dominate a trade. All those videos are going to be yours by just going to Underdog uh, Fantasy and, and, and depositing a $10 minimum into an Underdog Fantasy account using the link at smitty1.com. Click on the banner. But guess what? Guess who's going at phenomenal value in a best ball draft over at Underdog Fantasy? Your boy, Brees Hall. Brees Hall is going at 3.1, 3.2, 3.3. Mark my words, Brees Hall will be a top 11, top 10 to 15 overall player by mid-August. At me if you want. This is the same man that told you don't listen to the naysayers and take Najee Harris at the bottom of round one. In 2022, when everybody said, you're going to do it again? You're going to do it again, Smitty? You're going to... I mean, Clyde was so bad. You really trust a rookie running back again, Smitty? I'll never trust a rookie running back again. Never. Every running back's different. Every situation unfolds differently. Don't use one year from the from the next. Look at Javante. And look at JT. Look at Javante. Look at Najee Harris. Najee Harris and Javante were both rookies last year. And they're both in the top three running backs going forward in Dynasty and in Redraft. Two running backs, two rookie running backs from last year are in my top three overall. If you don't, if you, I mean, you can put Jamar Chase and Jefferson at three or four and then Najee at five. I could, I could do that. But my point is top three running backs, two of them are rookies. Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Brees Hall, top five running back. Top five running back. Kenneth Walker, right spot, top five running back. But what are the likely landing spots? Buffalo 25, that's the golden one. Then it's like a, a hidden value of Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker to the Bengals for the long term, which would be kind of a cloudy 2022. I get that. But if you're the Bengals and you can walk out with a top five running back for the future, this draft class, to go along with your top one to three wide receiver in Jamar Chase, your top 15 wide receiver in Higgins, and your top one to three quarterback in Joe Burrow, you are dominating. You are dominating. And there's no, oh, but we got Mixon for another year. Mixon's been abused for years. He's not going to last three or four years from now. He's got probably one elite year left, and I'm not saying I doubt Mixon. You don't need to, to at me and say, Smitty, can't believe you don't like Mixon this year. If you think that, you're not listening. Mixon's a top 12, 13 overall player. I love Mixon this year for one more year. And I know I doubted him last year. Situation was evolving, and we knew this offense was going to open up. But how much abuse has he taken? Will Mixon be able to do it for more than one year? No. It's one year for me, and then he's going to start breaking down and missing time. He's faced too many stack boxes for too long a period of time to just weather through that and become this monster with no injury risk, no missed games. They will explore it. Whether they take a running back or like maybe they take Rashad White, my boy that I love uh, in the second or third round. Rashad White would be a monster. Rashad White could be the, the the third or second best running back in this draft class if taken seriously. He's Alvin Kamara. He's Alvin Kamara. He's a tall Alvin Kamara. You can't, he can't be tackled. He can't be tackled. I urge any of you if you've not watched Rashad White footage to get on over to your local YouTube. And type this name in. And this Arizona State running back, Rashad White, type it in and watch him. 
and I guarantee you, your jaw will drop three or four times. You'll drool on yourself because you're like, holy sh... This kid's amazing. Smitty's right. Smitty's right. This kid's amazing. Rashad White can't be tackled. Can't be tackled. One guy's not going to do it. One guy's not going to tackle Rashad White. He's Alvin Kamara, but a tall, grown man. He's, you know, he, he looks like he's uh, I, I, six foot. He looks like he's six foot two or three on the field. He's not, but he's six foot over six foot. Looks like a grown man, Alvin Kamara, instead of a shorter, smaller, scat back Alvin Kamara, who obviously is very successful at the NFL level. But I'm saying he's taller. He's taller. He's a normal size, big running back that plays like Alvin Kamara. He could be a 900 and 900 guy at the NFL level if a team relied on him, trusted him, and, and put their faith in him. Um, I think we got just a few other pieces of news, and then we're going to hit the phone, uh, the voicemails. Uh, Noah Fant, fifth-year option picked up. I'm not, I, you know, who's throwing to him? Like, I, I, I love Noah Fant if he was staying in Denver where he could get the ball from Russell Wilson. But Albert O is better than Noah Fant. I'd rather draft Albert O than Noah Fant in 2022. At me. You know? At me. Uh, T. Higgins had a labrum repair. A little concerning that the labrum was torn, but if it's not like over and over and over, like in the case of Dalvin Cook, it could just be something that never, ever pops out again. Especially if that labrum tears. So here's the ball and socket. That labrum is like that seal that keeps the ball in the socket. And without, if you just took the seal out, it would it would slide in and out. It's that seal that makes the ball not come out of the socket. And when you tear that that seal and you have a little bit of a tear, you can have surgery to try and repair that to make sure that 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 port is secure. And keep in mind that your your ball and socket, like if there is a a, a tear or opening. Sometimes it requires the, the the ball to get turned in that same spot to get it out. So it's like a puzzle piece in a way. And, and, and one injury doesn't concern me a ton, especially if you're a wide receiver. You're not necessarily taking the hits on the shoulder like a running back every time you're you're trying to go up the gut. You're, you're getting hit there, and it's definitely a position where you take hits. But very, very much um, not that big of a, of a concern right now. Um, but but something to like think about, you know, and, and monitor and make sure, you know, in Dynasty you're 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 on your toes about that. But but Higgins, there you go, Higgins should be fine. Um, that's a little bit of uh, the news today, huh? We're, we're already almost over with the show. Now we got to go to the voice messages and and listen to these bad boys dropping dropping knowledge. Um, I think I got to this one yesterday. What up, Smitty? Happy Monday, Streak. Uh, who are the better two receivers to take? From yeah. Football? Judy, better receivers from the Broncos, Judy or Cortland Sutton, to answer that question again for anybody watching, going, wait a minute, answer the question, Smitty, I wasn't here yesterday. Give me Judy, give me Judy, top 10 wide receiver in the making, top 5 route runner in the NFL, and you give him Russell Wilson, raindrop Russ, dropping dropping dimes and raindrops into the corner of the end zone on uh, with the top 5 route runner in the NFL, and you could say, how is, how is he a top 5 route runner, Smitty, he hasn't done anything yet. Well, that's the exciting part is that we already kind of know he came into the NFL as a rookie talked about as a top five route runner before he even played a snap. So it, it's not like I'm making that up. I'm not just coming up like that's he was scouted 
and talked about as, God, this could be one of the best route runners in the NFL. And he had no quarterbacks. He had no ability to catch a football because he had musical chairs of garbage at quarterback. Now he gets raindrop rust, dropping raindrop dimes into the corner of the end zone where this man can run an amazing smooth route, catch the football. This guy's going to catch everything while he drops a little. He'll work on that. But I still have real real good faith that this kid's going to be unbelievable. Hey, Smitty. I just saw you answer my question a few minutes ago. Uh, Basically, my lineup is Trey Lance, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson. Wide receiver two is Elijah Moore. Eh, You know, it's kind of a a bit weak there. Then I have Kittle, and then I also have Saquon and Michael Carter. So my running backs are solid. Running wide receivers. Oh, we got got that question yesterday, too. This is new. Hey, guys in my voicemail group, drop, drop another. Hey, Smitty. DJ Moore and Kyle Pitts are obvious two superstars. They're kind of stuck with bad quarterbacks right now. Both the Panthers and the Falcons uh, picking the top ten of the draft this year. If either of those teams get Malik Willis, does that change the fantasy value of DJ Moore or Kyle Pitts, or does it kind of stay the same? Good question. Uh, I mean, Kyle Pitts, to me, like, such a beast. And, And if Deshaun Watson had landed... Deshaun Watson had landed in... In Atlanta, we'd be talking about Kyle Pitts being like almost a, a top of the third round pick in redraft, you know, because like, yeah, Deshaun Watson could miss some time, sure, but goodness gracious, man! I mean, we're we're talking about um, we're gonna end up. Uh, let me let me pause this timer because we're gonna go a little over and it's gonna cut the scene. Uh, I I think. Uh, I think Kyle Pitts would have been a, a third-round pick had Watson landed in in Atlanta, but now, yeah, now it's like everybody's kind of stepping back from from Kyle Pitts a little. I think a little too much. Like we're doing mock drafts and he's going in round five in redraft. That's that's unbelievable. Dude had the best rookie season for tight ends, and people were disappointed. People were actually disappointed in Kyle Pitts. He didn't do what I thought he'd do. What have the best rookie tight end season ever? Like have a thousand yard season, and and Kelsey hadn't Kelsey didn't get a thousand yards to like year tw- you know what was he 26, 27 years old. Travis Kelsey's first thousand yard year was at 26, 27 years old. This kid Kyle Pitts can barely drive, and he got a thousand yards. His rookie year, unbelievable. So if Malik Willis lands there, I love it. If a good quarterback lands in Atlanta. I love it. They need somebody, though. I don't know that there's any other quarterback other than Malik Willis that feels like a legitimate long-term option, though. So I'm afraid that if Atlanta spends a a, a high pick on a quarterback I don't like, then it's gonna it's gonna concern me because will they do it again next year? Probably not. You know, when it, when a quarterback's taken early, teams will give it some time, and I I just don't know. I don't know. Um, Let's see here. But yeah, to answer your question, more goes up if you give him Malik Willis, especially for the long term, and Kyle Pitts goes up for the now and the long term just because he's going to probably get good football thrown his way. Like Malik Willis has got an arm. He's got a cannon. And, you know, Kyle Pitts can – his catch radius is the size of a uh, – of a, of a, uh, Escalade. You know, it's, it's like you can if 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 Malik Willis tosses up a, a a still you know still learning to craft his mechanics in 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 ball placement 
and and learn the NFL speed of, of the game. And and you got this guy Kyle Pitts that's, that's got the wingspan of an Escalade. His wingspan is, I believe, seven foot. Um, what was it? Seven foot. Let me see. Kyle Pitts' wingspan. Unbelievable. When you hear this, you're like, what? Uh, Kyle Pitts wingspan. 83, 83 and three eighths inches. Let's, let's, let's see what that is. This is crazy. Okay. Where's my, where's my corner camera? 83 inches, 83 inches. This can't be, this can't be no way. Hold on. Let me look at this again. 83. Wingspan of 83 and 3 eighths inches. Is this real? Is this real? show you let's see if I put this in the corner of the studio 83 inches I can't even show you I can't even show you Kyle Pitts's wingspan in my studio it's this long the corner of my studio over to my camera is 83 inches literally here's my wingspan I'm six foot and I have a wingspan of about six three six four. Uh, actually, I have a, yeah, I have a wingspan of I have a wingspan of about six foot four wingspan. I have a six foot four. I have a tall wingspan. I'm no small man. I'm six foot two, six foot four wingspan. My wingspan is right here. Kyle Pitts's wingspan is from my hand here. To here, literally, this is how much longer Kyle Pitts' wingspan is than mine. About over two, over two feet longer over two feet longer and when, when you put that into perspective that is that is almost an entire arm guy says he's 6'2 he's definitely 5'10 You gonna make me measure myself? You gonna make me measure myself? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play your games. I know you're baiting me. You want me to measure myself? Your boy Smitty is six foot two, probably in a half. I was being generous. Okay, so Kyle Pitts. Uh, are we done with the questions, Danny? Danny? Hey Smitty, it's your boy Daniel. Hey right, Danny. Nasty question for you. Just curious where you value Travis Etienne in Dynasty, and if you were looking to trade him, what would you want to get back in return? 
The other backs on my roster are Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Alexander Madison, and I also have the 101, and I plan to take Brees Hall with that. Just let me know your thoughts, man. Thanks. I, I love the team, number one. Number two, um, <laughs> Jeremy, I, I, you were probably 5'9", Jeremy. I, I'm six foot two, pal. Look at look at this look at this look at this hand right here. That tells you how tall I am, bro. Okay, this 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 mitt, this catching mitt right here, should give you all you need to know as as far as how big your boy Smitty is. Five, you're five nine tops. You are five nine tops, Jeremy. And there's nothing wrong with being five nine if you're five nine out there. Uh, Etn absolutely love Etn. I think Etn is going to be. A little risky. Think Antonio Gibson. Think how risky Gibson probably is. Um, I think uh, there's a possible vamp says I've met Smitty in real life. He's close to seven foot. <laughs> uh, what kind of car do you? What's with all everybody? Everybody tried to pry in the personal. Um, it's okay. I don't mind. But but. What was I saying? You guys got me off track. Uh, ETN. ETN's, ETN's got Antonio Gibson risk. No question about it. No question about it. But he's also got Antonio Gibson upside. He could be a top you know, 5 to 10 running back. I think the, the, the good thing is, first of all, we got to see if maybe, um, maybe ETN, you know, needs to prove he's healthy first. He has the, the Liz Frank injury in the foot, which can be a problem. So we want to make sure he's about 80%, I heard now, 80 to 85%. So we got to make sure uh, we we are cautious about that, right? And make sure we find out he's fully healthy before we fully go all in and redraft. But if you own him in Dynasty, I like it. I mean, he's got high-end running back two potential and, and only costs you a low-end running back two in a trade or something. ETN can be had very nice in a very nice spot in, in Dynasty startups. He can have... He can be had at a very nice spot in redraft leagues. We've seen ETN go at the late fourth round, early fifth round at times. And if you're going zero RB through, let's say, rounds one through three. So round one, you take a wide receiver. Round two, you take a wide receiver. And then round three, you see Josh Allen sitting there. You take Josh Allen. Now, all of a sudden, you have no running back. You've got two wide receivers. Let's say you take Adams and Hill, you know, and then you took... Let's say you took Waddle as your third option. Maybe you took wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Or you took Adams, Hill, and Josh Allen. Now what do you do? You've got no running back. ETN. Enter ETN. ETN, Kenneth Walker, AJ Dillon. Roll with that platoon of three running backs. I'd do that. I'd do that. I'd do that. I can't believe. I can't believe that Kyle Pitts has over two feet of a wingspan more than I do. Again, that is that is like from my tip of my finger to here, past my elbow. <laughs> you don't yet. You, I could throw the football to him. I could just lob it up. Those memes of effigies over there somewhere that applies to to whoever's throwing the football to Kyle Pitts. Insane. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks for dropping voice messages. Sorry, the Bruce. I'm only playing voice. Uh, I'll read the Bruce's. He he he's breaking the rules and he's typing. Saying he's got a sore throat. Best landing spot for Baker Mayfield. Um, uh, Seattle is the only spot for him, I think, at this point. Or staying put and, and starting the amount of games Deshaun will be out. Um, 
Debo getting paid $25 million. We'll see on how many years. The guaranteed money is the question, Sacktown. doesn't really matter about the money, to be honest with you, per year. It's, is it guaranteed? Is it two, three, four, five years fully guaranteed? What is the guaranteed amount? That's, the, that's what we're talking about. Um, which trade block wide receiver should Rodgers be begging for, Debo or DK? Um, probably, I mean, either one, but I don't think... I don't think the Niners are trading Debo to the Green Bay Packers. I just don't think they want to face the Green Bay Packers in that scenario. So I don't think they would do it. I don't think they would do it. Uh, DK DK Metcalf probably. And I could see Seattle wanting to burn the Niners. <laughs> like I'll, I'll trade this team that's going to be a thorn in your side maybe. Uh, DK Metcalf. Um... 90% guaranteed. We'll see, man. The, the Niners weren't willing to offer him $50 million guaranteed, bro. Like, are they just going to all of a sudden bite the bullet? Does that sound like the Niners organization? I think what I mapped out earlier is probably probably most likely that he's going to get like $59 million guaranteed, $57 million guaranteed, um, something under $60 million guaranteed for, for two years or whatever. Um, and then, you know, for three years or whatever. If not, three years would probably be... And then if not, you're going to see him, they should anyway, offer him some kind of right size bonus for coming back and playing without getting paid. Um, that's the only option. Do I think Debo will get paid? Yeah, because think about it, Swaggy. Like in the end, yeah, do I think he'll get paid? Yeah, but will he get what he wants? Will he create all this like unrest and and uh, and, and horrible situation along the whole way until the 11th hour? Uh, maybe that's the problem. Like, will he come back? If they say our best deal is fifty-five million, they're not going to take it off the table. So Debo's going to sit, 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 create unrest, create a lot of problems and drama. And then if it's fifty-five million guaranteed for three years, let's say, let's say it's nineteen million times three, fifty-seven million. If that's their best offer, which I think will be their best offer, about nineteen to twenty-two million a year. I don't think they're giving them. They could give them twenty-five, but for two years, I don't think they're giving them twenty-five. I don't think they're giving them seventy-five million guaranteed. They could. I think they're more apt to do that next year when the cap goes up. And I suppose they could change their mind. I'm not saying they can't, but current stance is in current pattern that they're they're kind of undertaking right now is the pattern of dragging their feet. And I don't. I think that if they offered them 19 million times three years guaranteed, versus a higher amount of 25 million at two years guaranteed, they're, they're more likely to give them the three years at a lower amount. And I wouldn't be worried about the amount. I'd be worried about the guaranteed money. He'll eventually come back. If you say Debo, you're going to get four million, and you could get hurt, but you got to play, or you're not going to get your money. You got to play four million. Or you're gonna, and you could get hurt, or we'll give you the fifty-seven million dollars guaranteed. It's gonna take the fifty-seven million. It's gonna eventually he'll come in and sign the deal. Eventually he'll come in and sign the deal. Um, but after how much time? Um, McCormick still got that on screen. Monday through Friday, we are live here on the Fantasy Football Show. Join me every Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, and we go live all the time. Probably doing mock drafts tonight, so stay close to your your phony poo and have your notifications turned on because your boy Smitty might be doing some mock drafts tonight. 
Okay, and maybe a best ball or two. We'll see how that works. Join me and get ready. Subscribe if you're new. Punch the thumbs up button if you haven't already. Smash the like button. Uh, Terry, how many thumbs up we got? How many thumbs up we got? Uh, Appreciate everybody being here. Swaggy, Terry. Terry's the man. Yep, subscribe to the Dynasty channel. Just go to my main YouTube channel. Scroll down to the bottom. Click on that Dynasty Fantasy. Or go to... YouTube.com slash Dynasty Fantasy.